Sounds good. I'll try my best, man. I'll try my best. <laughs> I'm sure you'll kill it. It'll be good. Berhana Mescal. Berhana Mescal. Berhana Mescal. Here we go. Let's get it in before you I forget. It. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're going to laugh when I say it. All right. You can say, I mean, as the interview goes on, if it's easier to just say Johnny B or whatever, people say that too. So, okay. I'm only going to say your last name once or maybe a name <laughs> too. So don't worry about it. No worries. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoops Journey, episode number 91. If you have rode with us this long, man, do we appreciate you. 91 episodes in, so many more stories to share, so many Canadian stories. And today we have an awesome story of uh, an East guy. I'm not allowed to say East Coast. The East Coast people get offended when I say East Coast, but he's from the East currently. Uh, Just finished off another pro season in France. Former uh, OUA and uh, CIS or, you know, U-Sport Player of the Year. I've heard him referenced as uh, Johnny Buckets, and that goes to say because he's the all-time points leader in, in uh, Ottawa men's basketball history. Also, three-pointers made, which we'll get into. Played, with a four, played for a former uh, teammate of mine, which I know we'll also get into as well. And uh, we are thrilled as he's, as he's got back home from his season and kind of just getting his body right and figuring some things out. Uh, we have none other than Mr. Johnny Bahana Mescal. How'd I do? That was perfect. You're good. He's lying (laughs) already. He's lying already. I'll test you at the end. I'll test you at the end. You got it. Yeah, yeah. That'll be it, right? That's what a teacher would do. That's messed up, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's check in quick. How are things? You know, you've had a a crazy couple weeks and we appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chop it up. Um, Getting back from France and and what seemed to be like a pretty successful season for yourself and your team. And and getting re-acclimated uh, to being back home. So how are things going for you and your family and, and your body? <laughs> uh, I mean, first, thanks for having me on the show. I mean, I know we've been uh, going back and forth for a while to try to make this work, so I'm happy to be doing this. Um, Us too. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, just got back home uh, in Ottawa about two, two and a half weeks ago. So just kind of decompressing from the season, uh, you know, just spending the time with my family, my girlfriend, uh, her family, just kind of taking it easy, training a little bit, but, uh, you know, just kind of want to recover a little bit for now, but nothing too much going on. My end. just trying to enjoy the downtime. Ottawa is nice in the summertime and, uh, just trying to enjoy that for now. No doubt. How's the weather? We've had the worst May and June out here in Vancouver upon like, like we haven't had two days of 20 plus weather in a row, like yet in May or June, it's been just awful. Like it's crazy. And I know we're the West coast and I know we should expect rain and whatever, but come on, man, this nuts. What's it like out for you guys? You actually get in the summer right now? Yeah. I mean, it's been good. I mean, there was a crazy storm here a couple of weeks ago that kind of just set everything backwards. People were without (laughs) electricity for a while. I mean, besides... Besides that, we were just getting, you know, some weather in the twenties, which has been nice. Uh, I mean, I know everyone in the West Coast. Uh, I hear, I hear great things about the West Coast. I'm hoping to see it one day, and I hope to to get the full summer effect when I get out there. Got to man, got to make it out here. It's, uh, I mean, bring bring cash, BC, bring cash. It's an expensive place, but uh, <laughs> is that the abbreviation? That's nice. Yeah, That's nice. yeah. <laughs> it is one of the nicest places in the world, though. It's you know we're pretty lucky, but the weather has been awful. Let's get into it, man. All right. We talked before we started here offline a little bit and just, uh, you know, an immigrant family and, and growing up in the Ottawa area. Just talk about you as a young guy, um, your family and kind of just when did you realize that like basketball was something where the hooks were into you and like you were caught on the bait um, and what sort of sports did you do growing up? Yeah, I mean, so my parents, uh, so we're originally from Eritrea, which is uh, East Africa. They actually used to be the same country as Ethiopia. They were together and they actually got their independence about 30 years ago. So my parents actually came to Canada to kind of just give me and my siblings a a different opportunity to, you know, be in, just get, uh, I guess, be brought up in this type of environment. And uh, I'm actually the youngest of four. I have an older brother and I have two older sisters and then I'm the youngest. So I was actually the only one born in Ottawa and, uh, I had like an eight year difference from my second closest sibling. So I guess my parents wanted to have one in Canada. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I mean, we've all been really grateful and appreciative of, uh, you know, our upbringing here. And I mean, my family has been 
super supportive of all the decisions I've made kind of growing up. Uh, I've been lucky to have like three older siblings as well. And then my parents have kind of just been on board with kind of whatever, I guess, avenues I wanted to try out because I don't want to say I, I didn't grow up in a basketball family. You know, I just kind of mm-hmm. grew up thinking just play sports. It was fun. Get out of class. You get to compete. It was just the way of life for all of us, like in, in our classes. And yeah, I was actually like big on soccer growing up until probably about like grade nine or 10. I was probably playing every sport in school. And then maybe I thought, oh, maybe I could try to pursue something down the soccer route. And I think it was like a moment in grade nine. I actually remember this moment very clearly. It was our city championships for men, for boys basketball. And uh, I was in grade nine and we got to the finals and we played this team Notre Dame. I still remember to this day and we lost the game on a buzzer beater, but I remember that whole game just being so nervous and like that feeling when like the jump ball happens, like, you know, that nervous feeling, then usually when the game gets going, you're just warm and you're good and you're in the moment and stuff. And I just felt nervous throughout the whole game. And I remember just, I didn't think I had a good game. We lost, so it didn't matter. And I just remember that feeling going like, I never want that feeling to happen again. Like I want to be prepared. I want to actually focus on this. Like there was just, I had the drive, I had the desire and, you know, I didn't really have like a big name in Ottawa basketball or anything like that. I just knew inside. I just felt like I have so much more to give and I wasn't ready for the moment. So I remember going into that summer, just like going to the local parks, just training, just doing things on my own. I still remember taking out shopping carts, doing drills around that. I remember I went to like my first basketball camp. Like I kind of just, you know, I was like, I'm just going to give it my all. And we actually won the championship in grade 10. And from there on, I kind of knew like, okay, this is the sport I want to commit to. And let me just give it my all. And, you know, in the moment, it's cool to say, I want to be a pro. Like that's what everyone says, but I just like, (laughs) let me just give it my all. Let me see if I can get to university, play there and kind of go that route and just give it my all. And if I fail, so be it. But let me just do everything in my my will. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. When's the last time you made it back to uh, East Africa? I got to spend some time back in like 07. Uh, My school sent me, I went to Kenya. And uh, nice. I to, so I got to spend some time in Kenya and Tanzania. So I worked in a school for like three weeks in uh, just outside of Nairobi and then uh, did the safari and checked out Zanzibar and all that. And man, what a beautiful part of the world. And uh, like memories that I'll never forget, like stay with me for the rest of my life. It was amazing. So do you get to, do you get to make it back or much? I mean, obviously not the last couple of years, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I know it's, it's definitely on my to-do list very soon because I'm missing it, to be honest. I actually haven't been back in a while. So I went when I was 10 and I was 12. Those are the only two times I've gotten to go. And I still remember the first time I went and my mom was like, you know, when you're a kid at that age, like summer, you have two months, like you're trying to value summer. And I still remember my mom being like, we're just going to go for two, three weeks. Like it's going to be nice. And I get there and then find out like, yeah, we're here for eight weeks, like the whole summer. And I was just like, what? Oh, they played but it you. ended up, oh, they played me big to get me there. But it ended up honestly being like, one of the best summers I've ever had because I actually picked up the language a lot. That was really important, I think, because I could still speak it to this day. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it was important to be a part of like my roots and kind of understand like where my family's come from, like being in these villages and things that I don't know if I'd get the opportunity to do if, uh, if that wasn't my actual roots, right? So yeah. I was definitely appreciative once I got out there. Yeah, yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, hopefully you can get out soon. Uh, but I mean, yeah. life, life's busy for you, so... Yeah. So, okay. So that grade 10 year, is there, is there a coach, is there a mentor? You talk about you, you won a championship already. So do you have a pretty good core group of guys around that love ball as well? Or are you kind of like, is it a group of guys? Are you sort of realizing that you're going to enjoy that individual grind of basketball, which I think a lot of people really draw to, right? Is like, you can kind of go out and hoop with friends or other people, or you can put in a lot of work just on your own as well. And um, talk a little bit about why that clicked for you at that moment, other than having some success, you know, on the scoreboard, what was it that, that, that happened for you? So we actually, yeah, like we kept our core throughout most of high school. We actually like when we won a championship in grade eight, we won a championship in grade 10 and we won a championship in grade 12. Go. So I thought that was pretty cool to do that all together with most of our guys. And uh, yeah, you know, I think the one thing that was special about our group was that like we had guys that all wanted to like just empower each other, help each other out. Like I still remember like school finishes and like, we all find ways to like stick a shoe or like a piece of like a branch or like, <laughs> like to like put in between a door so we could sneak back into the gym later to yes. shoot, you know? Mm. And that was just like, okay, yeah, I got a gym two uh, side doors open. And then like, we'd get back in there. And I still remember the janitors being cool with us, letting us shoot. Like it was just, I don't know. I felt like we brought some type of culture <laughs> in terms of just our passion and we just ran with it. And we're all like very close to this day, which, which is awesome. 
That's dope. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's been brought up many times how important the janitor is. Front office, like you need, you know, your secretary. You take care of those people, and the janitors, man, they're vital. Dude, those guys were huge. For they used to go and sneak into the Breakfast Club, give us snacks, like like the the passion. Like it was a two way street. We used to give them stuff when we had anything. Yeah. Like it was. We're definitely uh, appreciative. If they ever listen to this podcast, I hope they know I'm uh, I'm appreciative. Yeah, and it's funny though too. Those early skills that you're learning already, just to like. Be re- I mean, obviously, be respectful of elders. That's probably ingrained in you anyways, but just sort of it really does matter, right? I mean, if you guys were knobs and thought you were too good or, you know, kind of assholes and backtalk them and stuff, they'd be like, sorry, gym's closed, right? But because you guys, you know, probably cleaned up after yourselves, you know, took care of the building, you know, yeah, you snuck in, but whatever. Like, they're like, these guys could be running around the streets. They're shooting hoops. Like, doesn't 100%. matter to me. I can work around them, you know? 100%. I think that's exactly what you said you got on the money there and i think like it was a two-way street we were on the same page and like you said it's better to be doing that than running around just doing nothing with your head cut off you know so (laughs) for sure what point in those senior years did you now you you said like i you know i said out loud i want to play pro but post-secondary was kind of in your thoughts earlier on like grade 10 or you know did you know much about that or did you just sort of yeah yeah, like I, th- I thought, honestly, I did think I was like behind the curve in terms of like guys that were playing like competitive and rep and like, you know, they were on the scene a little bit and, you know, getting on that scene in like grade 10, I felt like I was a little bit of a late bloomer, but mm-hmm. I also knew that, you know, it is what it is and you have to play with them and it's the only way you're going to get better is being around those guys. So I kind of knew that I wanted to start signing up for those teams and play against those guys in the city and eventually down that, like that helped me get a chance uh to get looked at by the University of Ottawa, which uh, Coach David Vera was the coach at the time, and a couple of my coach, a couple of my teachers at my school, like women's coaches, uh, Miss Morris, Miss Moyle, like they they played for the women's team, so I think that might have helped, uh, you know, kind of help gravitate him towards our gym a little bit, and mm. you know, he showed a lot of interest since I was in like grade eleven, which you know made me feel like okay, I'm doing something right, like I think this is possible now, right? So I definitely uh, am very appreciative for all those times, and I think although I didn't end up going to play for him because when I got to grade 12, I ended up, so when grade 12 finished, I ended up finding out he's going to take the McGill job. So that kind of threw me off for a little bit of a whirlwind. Cause I was, to be honest, like I had good grades, but I didn't have McGill grades. Yeah, And that's, uh, <laughs> and I, and I, and to be honest, I also felt like if I had to be real, like, you know, finding out like that news and someone that was interested in you for the first time, and then they're just gone. It's like, Oh wow. Like this is really a business. And like, they're taking care of themselves. Like that was an eye opener to be honest. Yeah. No, similar. Some of my buddies coming out of high school, Jay Triana was the coach at SFU and they got recruited by Jay. And then you're building this connection, this relationship, you know, someone kind of maybe takes you out for a couple of dinners, you get to know them, you build trust. Right. And you're like, that's what makes you comfortable to make that choice at, at such a young age. Right. And then all of a sudden Jay's like, I'm going to work for the Grizzlies. Right. And same thing, Dave, who's, you know, it's nothing to be mad at. Right. He's been on the show, a great guy, great coach, just looking for a different opportunity. But for you as a young person, it's like, all right, so now what, you know what I mean? Like, do I still go through this, you know, and depending what our personalities are like, like maybe, maybe that trust was a huge factor for you, you know? And, and yep. uh, so then how, so then how did you, what, you know, would you, did you do the old line down the middle of the paper pros cons? Did you sort of look around for other options? Like, what, I was, I, to be honest, I, I, I was lost a bit. I, yeah. uh, I had a, I had interest from the university of New Brunswick. So I actually went on a trip out there, which was like a good time. And I thought like, you know, I'm probably, I think this might be the move. Like this is a coach that likes me, brought me out, like created that sense of trust as well. Right. So, um, I have a lot of respect for him and Mm -hmm. this is actually like a big shout out. And someone that I'm always very grateful for is, uh, he was an assistant coach at the time at Ottawa U was, uh, Emil O'Neill. So we call him coach O Mm -hmm. and he was kind of, uh, he was there for the whole process of while I was being recruited. So as this whole weird timeline is going on, he's kind of just saying, Hey, be patient. Like things are going to work out. And he kind of gave, kept me calm in a situation where I'd never been in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as that kind of, as things shifted, uh, coach Jimmy or James, uh, Derway, <laughs> your, your main man, a hundred grand, uh, <laughs> he came on the scene and, uh, I, to be honest, I, I had to go through the whole process again of, you know, proving myself and, having to go to these ID camps and, you know, cause when it's just a reality of the situation is like when a new coach comes in, he sees things through a different lens and he's going to bring his guys in. And I've seen that as well at the professional level is, you know, it's just, okay, new guy here, new general manager. He wants, he has a couple guys that he's comfortable with. So that was kind of yeah. the whole thing. And I kind of, you know, went to the back burner and 
thinking back, I understand why now because mm-hmm. of that. But at the moment I was just like, damn, like I'm trying to make this work and these guys aren't even sure of me. Like, so I kind of had to just prove myself through these camps and go that route now. Mm-hmm. And what was it about you? Um, you have that Kobe mentality early on, you know, like, were you really driven? Was it like, I'm gonna prove them wrong? Did you believe in yourself? Like, I mean, that's what are you? You're 17? This 17. Yeah, the time, right? yeah. I mean, you're young, right? And, and you're thinking, you're not thinking I'm going to go there and then transfer after two years. Like you're, you're, you're thinking I'm committing five years of my life to this school. This is a big commitment, right? So how does one at that young age continue to, to show up to an ID camp and prove as opposed to just be like, you know what, maybe UNB or somewhere else is a, you know, a better so, option? Yeah, no, for sure. I think I just kind of went in and I was like, okay, Johnny, like, <laughs> here you go again. Like, I, I think I had, I had a lot of moments and practices too, where I probably was shaky, hesitant, and, you know, just overthinking things. And I think there was like a moment in the camp where, you know, like I was trying to figure out if I was going to play the point guard, the shooting guard, uh, just trying to feel myself out a little bit. And then I think the coach kind of like, you know, put me at the shooting guard and I was able to just play off the ball and just hit a couple shots and just play loose. And I think they, they liked that side of me, obviously, that they wanted to, you know, keep an eye on me and continue to see how I progressed. And I think one big thing that helped me that year, sorry, actually, I skipped a part, but yeah, like that was the big thing that kind of let them have a, keep their eye on me and say like, okay, maybe we do want them around. And uh, mm-hmm. that actually ended up in turn just create an opportunity for me to redshirt. That was kind of the plan initially, to be honest. Was that something that was already like your skill set? Like, what were you like in high school? Were you like, were you always kind of a scorer or like, did you just feel like, Hey, I'm going to click this on here because that's probably what's going to get me the eyes right now. Like you had it like that. Yeah. No, I wish I had it. I wish I had it like that. (laughs) I wish I had it like that. I honestly (laughs) wish I had some game tape because I probably was really raw, really like I'm skinny now, probably skinnier, much skinnier. So I understand maybe why I didn't get looks, but, uh, no, I think, uh, I just try to play like kind of like a combo, like just do as much as I can. And, you know, we were winning and I was in a comfortable situation where the guys, let when you're in, the guys were letting me play my game. So I probably showcased a lot more. Now it's like you go to the auto university of Ottawa, you go to the next level and it's like, Hey, we just need you to do two things at an efficient level. It's not like eight things. Like that's not really realistic for most teams. Right. And I I think once I realized that and I was like, okay, let me just play off of the ball and hit a couple of shots and they're happy. Like, cool. And then when does that conversation happen about like you actually knowing that, all right, Ottawa's the spot? So I think it was like towards the end of the ID camp. And I think they were like, we want to keep you on. We want to just like see how things go. I think you're, you're going to redshirt was kind of the plan. But I also knew that like one thing that really helped me a lot was uh, being in Ottawa, but also being in Ottawa for like the three, four months of after high school before university, because I kind of just, that's all like, my mentality has always just been like work. Mm. So I was like, Hey, like, I'm here. I get the gym all day. I can do these things. So I was, there's Demetrius Seymour. He was a senior at the time he transferred over and he like really put me on. He was like, you know, we're going to be in the weight room in the mornings. We're going to on the court. Like we're shooting like 250 shots. Like we're doing pushing ourselves. And I just, I saw that those three, four months really helped me gear up to be able to like handle the physicality a little bit, hit some shots, figure out how I can help the team because we're scrimmaging every night. Yeah. And I think that kind of gave me a, I think that gave me a chance to show my, to, to gain that confidence at the next level and also understand that like the coaches are seeing me every night. So they're, they're starting to see that, Oh, maybe this guy can help us out now. And it's not, it's not quite that September pressure of like, okay, I've got my reversible on now. You know what I mean? It's still kind of an unstructured, structured run, but it's getting better, which is like, all right, yep. you know, the chest is out a little bit more. I'm like, okay, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 100%. crazy, right? Like, it's like, you think about how much we change between like your U sport years, like five years between 18 to, you know, 21 to it's like, we're such different human beings. Right. And so you get that early confidence and talk about those first few months on campus, sort of what it's like. You mentioned one senior already, you know, transitioning from, you know, a brand new coach, right? Like, and, and in the end, upon reflection, you got to look back and go, man, I was it's part of like something that was built to like pretty good, right? Two national finals, right? A third place, like you get yourself player of the year, unreal five years in your time there. And, uh, you know, just talk about kind of October first year. Yeah. That yeah. first October. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly still remember like, so we actually played some NCAA games. You throw Daruin under the bus at any point too, by the way, I don't even worry about that. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I wanted everyone to know that he was trying to redshirt me. So I do want everyone to know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope he hears that. But we've talked about that. We've talked about that and we're close now. But it was actually like leading up. So in that August, we usually play NCAA games, mm. um, which kind of was a cool experience. Please. And I didn't really have it. Yeah. Pause for a second. You're sorry to interrupt. But that's a good point though, right? I think sometimes you put expectations on coaches like, because we're the coach, we're supposed to like know it all, right? Like we make mistakes too, man. Like we undervalue or overvalue or, you know, like we overlook, we overlook people, right? And, and, and I think that's a huge thing about Canada's university is like five years is a long time and lots can happen, you know? And if you stick with it and don't think like, I think a lot of young guys out here, especially in, in BC, it's like, well, if I don't, you know, go to UBC or Vic, like, what am I going to do? It's like, you got five years. If you get five minutes a game as a freshman, doing all right. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's not, you know, so you got to think long-term, right? So it's a, it's a good thing as we're taking shots at them, but we're coaches. We, we just see what we think we see, you know? And of course, but I think it says a lot about kind of you and why you've gotten to get where you are because it wasn't like, well, I just see myself as a red shirt. It's like, nah, I think I can show a little more. Right. And that's, you know, it says sure. a lot. yeah, no, for sure. I, I think like the work ethic is kind of like helped get like, let me actually get the confidence to feel like I could be on the floor with these guys. Yeah. I think that was like one of the biggest things. And I'll be honest, like, as, like you said, like, I don't think it's, I think it's impossible for a coach to shoot a hundred percent from building their roster. And it's just never, it's just impossible. Right. There's so many factors. And I think not having anything promised was like, kept me on my toes a little bit in the sense that I was like, I got to keep working. Like I didn't, I'm not the five-star recruit that's on the full ride. I got to keep working because, you know, I understand that at the same time, like, players coaches like we're all we're all replaceable at the end of the day like if you don't do your job so i let me just i've always kind of had the mentality i'm like if i'm gonna fail like let me just go out swinging being like the best version of myself and it's it's worked for me at times and i'll be honest like it it, it hasn't worked as well too right like yeah yeah uh, otherwise i mean i'm sure if everything was sweet it'd be a lot easier for everyone you know there's gonna be adversity and that's part of the journey but i also know that one thing I respect about uh, Coach Jimmy was that, you know, when he felt like I was ready, he gave me the opportunity to do it. He wasn't like stubborn in his ways about anything. He was like, hey, like you've earned this responsibility and I want you to take advantage of it now, right? And that's kind of what I tried to do. And when did you know, like, I mean, it's cool that I like the story about the senior guy kind of taking you under his wing and sort of, you know, it's like you're still trying to grow armpit hair and he's like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know what I mean? He's ready to get his degree and move on and like, you can have a beer in a bar and you're like, uh, I don't even have ID yet. You know what I mean? Like, and you're, and you're training together, but it, that just, that just builds confidence without even, even if you miss every shot, you're like, I got to work out with a senior today. You know what I mean? Like, of course you guys care. So at what point do you remember when it was like, all right, I I've got this and I, like, I, I belong. I feel like the confidence made me feel like I'm like, okay, I can be on the floor with these guys, but I never, hundred percent ever was like, I belong. I always kind of felt like I'm like, I got to keep working. And like, that's just the reality. And it's just like, you know, friend, like it's cliche, but like runs do every day type of thing. Like I felt like I got to just put my time in and you know, if there's NBA guys that are still working on their game daily, like who do I think I am to not be trying to work on my game and my craft. Right. And I mean, that was kind of like my approach to it. And I feel like, you know, I try to carry that with me even today as a professional now. Yeah. I mean, you're being kind of bashful because like, okay, so did you start in your freshman year? Like, did you come off the bench? What did that look like? So, so what happened was a little bit of both. Like, so what happened? I so sorry to, I actually went That's on okay. a tangent there, but yeah, uh, it's all good. So when I, when I was, uh, so I still remember our first NCAA game, we played Cincinnati. My fault. I cut you off. I no, no, no worries. No worries. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to recover and help out both Jimmy a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I, I still remember we were warming up and like, these guys are just, big stocky big guards and i'm out here like i think i was like 150 and i was just like i still this is hilarious i still remember like we had these white jerseys and like they were kind of big and i still remember having like a 2xl white t-shirt underneath my jersey because i was like okay like i'm not going out there just skids on these in this game you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh so i remember i came off the bench that game and i had a big game actually i had i think i had like 16 points i had a couple threes like I was like, okay, like, you know, just play your game. Like, it doesn't matter. Just be yourself. And I think that kind of gave me some confidence. I think it gave Coach Jimmy, like, gave the staff just the acknowledgement, like, okay, Johnny's been working. Like, he's here. And I think it was, like, the first game of the season. I came off the bench. And I think the second game of the season, I think I started that game. And I think I started, like, the whole way out afterwards. Because, I mean, like, 
you leave Ottawa like the points leader, right? Like that's a lot of buckets, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, it is, it is. And I think the only way you get that is getting a chance to play your first year. But I do think sure. that there's been so many great players and like, I'm not trying to take this in like a humble approach. I do think there's so many great players that just every journey is different. Like guys that have got the, got the green light in their second, third, fourth, you know, and then get player of the year and do all these things. So like, I just think my journey and like the timing of like our culture shift and coach Jimmy coming in, like things lined up and I felt like I was ready when they lined up. Right. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. And then talk about that. Like brand new coach within those five years, two national finals, the wars and battles against Carlton, some buzzer beaters against Carlton, you know, the OUA, a strong league in itself. Talk about some of those experiences and what it was like to go on those runs. And were you, young and dumb and not realizing it? Or did you realize that like you were part of where coach is now, right? You know, part of his initial success has probably led to him continuing to keep his job and have different opportunities and things like that. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I, 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 in the moment, especially, I mean, there was a, a big moment. I think it was my third year mm-hmm. where we finally got to nationals and that was a uh, Warren Ward's fifth year. Shout out Warren Ward. Um, guy was legit. Big time, man. That guy's, for me, he's probably like one of the best players I've played with. And like him in his fifth year, he was just a beast. Yeah. And I still remember we got to nationals that first year and we actually played Lakehead in the semis. Yeah. And I, I had a, I didn't have a good tournament. I, I can, that was, that was a tough tournament for me, but I still remember we lost to Lakehead. Lakehead goes on to lose to Carlton in the finals. And it would have been nice to get to that final game when the couple guys in their fifth year. And I still remember being in like tears after that game just feeling like I let the team down and stuff and let myself down. But I, I use that. And after every single year, like I just told myself, like, I, you know, I remember that loss and I just didn't want to come back the same player the next year. I felt like I had a lot of work to do and with Warren leaving and, you know, becoming a fourth year now, it's like, it's, you know, you got to carry the leadership. You got to do this. You have to make sure not just yourself, you're good, but like, I felt like a leader is just, you got to make sure everyone else is good before yourself. Now that's, you know, you're going to be as strong as your weakest link. Like, those are things that I, I really carried with me. And I still remember reading newspapers like, oh, the GGs are on rebuild. This guy's gone. And I was just like, all right, let's just keep working. And, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Okay. So then what is it like to jump from just being like part of the crew to that leadership role? How do you change that mentality? How do you change the focus for yourself? Or is it something that you've watched and, and observed so much that you just sort of naturally fit into your, for, your, for your final couple of years? No, I mean, I think I, think I knew that the, there was going to be a shift in terms of how we played on the court. But I also knew that like, I've never compared myself and wanted to like at Warren's a, a star, and but we're not the same player. So there's different ways that I needed to impact the game. And I knew that I felt like, you know, playing off the ball, making sure other guys were good. Like there were certain things that I needed to change about my game. But I also knew that if other guys are playing well, that's perfect for me too, because I want to win. Like I, I missed yeah. that feeling of being at nationals. And I was like, I want to get back there. Yeah. So I felt like there was a two way street where guys were, guys were all hungry. And I was like, just as hungry and the hungriest I've probably ever been. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like we all kind of gelled together. We're like, we got to get back there. And that kind of led, led to us winning the OUAs that next year. And then ultimately losing in the finals, which was, which was tough the next week. Do we want to go there? I mean, we can. I lost in the final two, man. We lost Brandon. We lost to St. of X. It happens in overtime, man. In overtime. And we had the ball last possession in regulation, but we won. (laughs) You just had a flashback of the play. I just saw you have a flashback of the play. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Podcast 92. Podcast 92. (laughs) I mean, it is like... When you look back on it, it's always going to, you know, when you don't get over the mountain that you want to get to, it's, it stings. But to think about what it takes to actually get to a national championship final, like, it's damn hard, man. It's not easy to do, right? No, that was, that was extremely tough, especially with the OUA. Like you said, like that conference was so tough. And like, we would, I still remember, like, there were so many games, like, I wish the coverage was different. And I'm sure you feel like that too. Back in the day, you're probably like, I wish the coverage and the media and stuff. Cause like some of the games we used to have against Ryerson, yeah. some of the battles just to even get to be able to go to the final four. Like those games felt like national championship games in itself. Like we hated them. They hated us played each other two times in the regular season. We got to play each other again. Like it was just like, it was fun basketball. It was fun. It was fun. It was great battles. We want to take a moment and thank our sponsor Parkside Brewery located in the heart of Port Moody on Brewers Row. Parkside offers an amazing atmosphere with one of the best summer patios around. If you can't make it to the brewery located at 2731 Murray Street, 
then hit any government retail store and try the Don Pilsner, the Dusk Pale Ale, or my favorite, the Dreamboat Hazy IPA. A Hoops Journey promises that the beer at Parkside is much, much, much better than the owner, Sam Payne's Streaky Jump Shot. We hope to see you Parkside. After a brief hiatus, Good Lad Clothing has returned, but under a new location, 3283 Main Street is where they can be found. Name drop a Hoops Journey to get 10% off any clothing items in-store. The store no longer offers barber, but you can find the best retail around. Thanks to our sponsor, Good Lad Clothing, and we hope to see you there. You're talking about media. Back when I played, way back in the day, Tim McAuliffe was a sideline reporter at the score, and they did the quarterfinals and TSN did the semis. So talk about that coverage, right? But uh, you got to go... You know, you had your national championships, both kind of home province, right? Uh, ours was out in Halifax. As we talk about those, I mean, I'm definitely jealous of the Ottawa Carleton experience, right? It was just, <laughs> it was just different. I remember, it, I, I wouldn't say the rivalry was that big when I was a player, but it did grow into something big when you guys were finally able to, you know, really compete at that level and, and be on the radar to compete against them. That's like the ultimate Canadian experience. I mean, we played St. Avex and St. Mary's in the quarters and finals. Like that was about as close to, you know, like 13,000 home fans. Right. But to be able to experience those games, you know, it's pretty cool. Right. And I wish we had that more in Canada and I'm jealous of like what Ontario, Ontario really prides themselves on athletics. At least it seems like from, from afar out on the West coast, you know, and I get that a lot of the regular, the TV stations are, are based out of there. And so it's easier for Sportsnet to do a game on a Sunday or Saturday, but uh, talk about your guys approach and, you know, challenging Carlton, obviously as a competitor, you're like, we can do this, but what, from the locker room perspective, what was it like for you guys? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there was a, a sense of respect. Like I'm not one to ever like knock someone's hustle. I know there's many ways to be successful and I felt like they had their blueprint and obviously the wins and championships show that. So like, I'm not going to be someone like, ah, they suck that. Like, I, I respect what they've done. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, that doesn't make me feel inferior. I feel like I can compete with them. And I always look forward to those games. I've had great games. I've had bad games against them. And, you know, I think that's just a part of, you know, what they're willing to live with. And that's just how it goes sometimes. And I think those are some of the games that actually like helped me become like the best player possible because of the way they guarded me and the way they did certain things against our team. Right. And early on in my years, uh, you know, we're losing big, like we lost by a lot against them. And you in my last game in my career, we lost big against them and it was a championship final, but I mean, it doesn't take away the work that we've done to get to that point, all these drills, tedious things to make sure that we were prepared for them and things that I focused on and knowing how they would guard me watching tape and stuff like that, I think made me the player I am today. So I'm definitely grateful for some of those battles because there was, there were some battles in there. There was some triple overtime games. There was game winners. There was blowouts. Uh, there's packed arenas and hockey stadiums, like in hockey arenas, like it's all you can ask for as a university athlete. And I think we, we got the most of those games for sure. Give us the inside perspective. What were a couple things that you noticed they did defensively against you? Was it a physicality? Was it a forcing you a certain way? Was it like hedging and trapping on ball screens or icing or whatever the current term is for it? Like, and then from a, let's talk about from a scores perspective, did you go out there and like, was it you and the coaching staff going, Hey, I think they're going to guard you this way. Or was it like, let's see the first quarter and ha- what happens. And let's make some adjustments along the way. That's like 15 questions in one. It's probably my worst no. habit of <laughs> podcast, but you seem no, like I an mean, intelligent I, guy, so you can unpack okay, it however I'm, you want. <laughs> all right. Answer number one. No, I'm joking. I think if I had to put it <laughs> I have to put it all together. I mean, I, I appreciate those questions because it makes me think back to like what helped me get to this point. I think, mm-hmm. you know, just little things early on in my years, you know, like they, they change to and they expose physical make sure that teams don't get offensive rebounds. And for my specifics, if I had to critique myself, it was at the time, like, is Johnny, good enough to make a left-handed pass in traffic with physicality. And those are things that I felt like by my fourth and fifth year, like I figured out and I was able to make certain reads that there was no way I was making my first or second year. And I felt like, you know, I know where I could get shots, where I could get my teammates going and how I could be efficient in that. And some games it worked, some games it didn't, some games I missed shots and had bad ones, but I felt like 
I was ready for how they were going to guard me for the most part. And I probably wasn't as ready as I could have been my last year, but I know that going into my summers, I was focusing on my left-hand passing. I was thinking about how I can get to my spots before their help comes and make the right pass. So I do think that made me a great, like the better, better. It made me a much better player for my first year to the way I would have handled that versus my fifth year. I think it was night and day. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I mean, using that opportunity for growth, right? Like not just getting frustrated or whatever. It's like, this is going to help build my skill set, and, and I've got to be prepared for this. And yeah, which you understand once you get to the pro level, it's like night in, night out. You never know what's coming, right? So awards night, and I, you, you can just tell you're a team guy by how you speak and uh, you know talk about yourself, but your name gets called as player of the year. What'd that feel like? That was surreal, man. Yeah. Thinking back to the beginning of this podcast, hearing about <laughs> where I started off, you know, and to hear that was, it was surreal. It was like anything I, like I could never have asked for that. I'll be honest. I never went in to my career and never went into a season thinking like, that's what I'm going to get, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like it was perfect because you get to share that award with a team that's happy because that means they most likely had a successful season and we broke a lot of records as a team. We were, I felt like we were one of the funnest teams to watch in the league at one point. Like we we're up and down, we we're shooting threes, we we're dunks, like so many guys were having big nights. And then like for them to just like, let me be who I need to be on the court and feel free and them trust me to like, let me rock out and play my game. Like it meant a lot because I got to always set a ward up in front of everyone that, you know, lots of great players in that room. And I felt like it could have went to many guys, but that year I must, I guess I did something right on the court. So I was definitely, uh, definitely grateful to have that. And it was, it was, it was pretty, it was a special feeling. Why do you think it's hard for coaches to let go? Cause I know I'm guilty of it myself. And my first 10 years as a high school coach, like the way I coach this year and our guys don't know it, they probably still think I'm nuts, but um, <laughs> like, why, what is it? Is it, is it, is it fear of losing? Is it fear of watching your players not succeed? Like I, it's an interesting point that you bring up. Cause look at like, here's the keys. We trust you. They're not going to pull you for this mistake or that mistake, or if you miss your first couple shots, why is it hard for coaches to, but I think we're in a place where coaches are doing that more. I think, I think we're going in the right direction of that understanding of player coach relationship, but there's still some old school cats out there. And I, and I wonder why, I don't know if you have the answer. I just, for sure. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm that was interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, it, it's interesting in the sense that I feel like, you have to have that relationship with your coach because I also know that you, as a coach, you can't give that sure. to seven players. Sure. So I, I do know that, that that's a challenge. And I mean, obviously it's always easier when you're winning and everyone's happy and it's everyone, no one's really complaining too much. But at the same time, I feel like you got to earn those stripes a little bit. And I feel like, you know, looking back, I feel like I did everything on my power. I still remember having conversations with coach after season. He was like, you know, Johnny, we need you to start taking some tougher shots or we need you to, try to be more aggressive because this and that, or we need you to find a way. And I still think, you know, it doesn't just mean scoring. I think I had my like best assist year, my fifth year, because I knew the way teams were going to guard and I had to change my game. So it wasn't just like, yeah, go shoot off 50 balls a game. And that means you have that, that means you have that green light, you know, it's a matter of taking what your coach is giving to you. You're giving him something, but not abusing and taking advantage of the leash. Because once you do that, then I feel like it, there's, there's going to be a reason why five guys are going to be upset because they're going to say, why is Johnny shooting all the shots and sure. this and that, right? So I feel like it's, 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 a, it's a 50-50 street way. Like I feel like both guys got to be on the same page. And I felt like by my last year, like you said, five years, you get to develop something. And we, me and Coach developed something. Like He was not thinking about giving me that leeway my first couple of years. And yeah. I don't think I was ready for that. Yeah. Like we talked about with coach DeVero, right? Just that trust, you know, and having a brand new coach and no, no relationship does take time and you're working and you're not like able to work it out while you're in high school and getting recruited. It's like show up on campus and we've got to figure out to do this on the fly. Right. Which is even more of a challenge, you know? Yeah, Yep. exactly. I still can't imagine even like how coaches have to handle that. To be honest, like I think about mm-hmm. it, I'm like, you got to figure out how this make this guy happy, this guy happy, this guy happy. Like, you know, you're thinking about 12 different people's approach and what they're thinking about it. It's, it's, a, it's a challenging job. Like I'll, I'll be honest. I do think that's a tough job. Yeah, no doubt. Um, good reflection, man. Love it. And a couple of times Canada has come calling for you, you know, and before we ch- touch on the pro stuff, talk about those experiences and, you know, just being able to look down and see that maple leaf and, and kind of, those moments for you and what those meant. I mean, I'm not sure if there was more moments you wanted to be in Canada, but I think, you know, you're one of very few, right? When you think of all the people that have played basketball in our country, 
it's a small percentage that actually will get to don the, the jersey. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, getting to have a chance to go to South Korea and do some stuff like this with the university games or last window, last year doing a window that going to Puerto Rico, like I'm super grateful. And like I said, so that's something else I've never thought about. I was going to get the opportunity to do, but getting to go was amazing. And I felt like I made the most of the opportunity when I had chances. And I mean, like every player, they feel like they could go every time or want to go and show out. And I feel like that's just part of being competitive. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to be upset over that. Like, I'm so grateful to be in the position I'm in. And I feel like if they ever call me, like I would do everything I can to be able to play. And if they don't, like I know guys on the team, I support them and I want them to be as successful as possible because I do think uh, like Canada is one of the best basketball countries in the world. So I think I know that that's bigger than how I feel about, Oh, I enjoy playing or not. Like if I get to go cool, if I'm not cool, like let me just focus on what I can control. Mm-hmm. But I do hope that, you know, Canada gets the the love it deserves in the world and gets that gold medal soon. Right. And too, like good reflection in terms of like, okay, you don't get the call, which is like, you know, as a competitor, I'm like, I could be there, but it's not like you're not getting the call over some bums. You know what I mean? Like these guys can all hoop now. Like Canada's in place where it's like our board of guys has gone from pretty damn short to like, okay, there's probably some really long meetings, right? Figuring it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's so many guys and I know that there's guys that probably feel like they should be there. And I get that. Like guys are competitors, but I know that everyone you know, the basketball community at the end of the day, I've, I've just being a part of it. Like I see guys supportive of one another and it's, it's nice to have, you know, because everyone understands like, Hey, like you're overseas for 10 months. Like, Hey, like it's, you see them post a picture. You're like, yo, I understand the grind. Like, it's nice, man. Keep going. Like you, yeah. you just become like your approach changes. I feel like, and I'm at a point where I'm not going to complain about the things I don't have. I'm grateful to be involved and that's yeah. cool in itself, man. I, I don't want to be thinking about what I need or what, what else. Right. I just want to stay in the moment. Whew. Take him to church, Johnny B. Let's go, man. And then pro pro basketball. You know, you, you giggled about it at the start here. Like I never really envisioned it or you know, I, I threw it out there in the universe, but you get to play basketball and get paid to do it, man. And you had some interesting things happen along the way, some tryouts and stuff. And talk about that process of of uh figuring all that out and then being able to get over there and, and do your thing. I think it was uh interesting. I mean, I didn't know enough about it, and I think that was probably for the better. Cause sure. I think I just was just like, I got to just take any opportunity I get and run with it. You know, I still remember having a, the process of finding an agent and them reaching out to me and talking to them, you know, you know we we're talking on Facebook and, yeah. you know, like never meeting them in person, but you have to trust this person with your career. So like things like that. And is this, you not, know, I, this is crazy, man. It's like, honestly, this is like, you're describing you're going to Ottawa. It, it, it literally felt right. like that process again. It's like, yeah. Oh, you have to, you have to prove people again. You have to change people's minds, perception. Like you have to create a first impression. Like it felt like it really felt like that processing. And honestly, yeah, no, just the way you're talking. Like it's it. like, yeah, I have to get to know this guy and don't really know him. And yeah, yep. no, for sure. And I felt like I was, you know, going like my first year, I, I thought I was going to end up signing in Belgium. So I kind of saw the business side of it. Like, Oh, like you're, you're most likely going to go to Belgium. And then, after the world games like that didn't work out. And then I ended up going to Estonia and I didn't even know, like, I'll be honest. Like I didn't know that was a country till like two weeks before when we played them. And I was just like, okay, like, yo, you know, you got to start taking in like where you want to play. And I honestly, I think that was a very big moment for me because as that year went on, I started to like learn about the countries, the leagues. And I was like, you know, Johnny, if like, this is where you want to be. Like, you can't not know this is the country. That's unacceptable. Like, I, so now like mm-hmm. I follow all the, le- I follow like a lot of the leagues, like you're only got no players. Like, and I enjoy it. I like watching games during the week when guys play, because I'm like, if you want to be involved and this is something you're passionate about, like you need to, you know, broaden your horizon. And I think that was an eye opening experience going to Estonia and, you know, going to a situation where like I got to play 30 minutes right away was really important because I, that was my rookie year again. Mm-hmm. And you have to build your, you're nobody and coming from U sports, like or CIS, like we didn't really have that respect as much as we can do now. And I think it should be more to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But at that time, like it was even lesser. So just getting the opportunity was important, but there were some interesting, interesting experiences along the way. That's for sure. I remember my first year coach not speaking English, like the assistant was translating and sometimes he would be going off on us in Estonian and I would look at a teammate and he would just be like, play harder and in my head i'm like i know he didn't say that he was probably <laughs> cussing us out so it was uh, some good jokes along the way some good jokes along the way for sure and you you hear stories too of like 
you talk about that, but just like things like culture, weather, like, I, you know, depending on what, you know, people can get really impacted. Like I know with the West coast, my wife has a tough time in the winter with the dark and the rain, you know? And so oh. like, you go to a country where it's like that, or you don't, you don't jive with the food and it's like, you I mean, you're playing ball, but during season, if you're not on the road, what's that three, four hours of your day. And then what, yep. like, there's only so much PS, whatever they have now that you can play <laughs> and only so many FaceTimes you can make back home before it's like, you know, so it is like many people have talked, like, I know it seems nice, but you have to like be aware. And that's, that's interesting. Cause I've heard some horror stories for sure. <laughs> no, absolutely. I remember my first year in a so like our sponsor, we like, we all lived in our, we were in a hotel, everyone had their own hotel room. We actually had one car between the couple of us and it was standard. So like, luckily we had a vet that was driving us around, which yeah. was important. So like, I'm, I, it makes me appreciate like some of the things that I'm we're able to get now, like having my own car when I'm there, having my own apartment. Like it's just, I felt like that was very eye opening for my journey mm-hmm. instead of like walking into thing place like, but I know everyone's journey is different. So I, sure. I was just, that was just my story. Yeah. But I think it made me appreciate like the culture of things. And like, we go into the city and try things out and, you know, and I, Estonia ended up being like a beautiful place. And I was just like, wow, like the world has so much to offer. Like, it's not just about Ottawa. <laughs> so I thought that was, uh, I was definitely appreciative and I, that, that made me, but I did have, I did have some tough times. I had a lot of FOMO. Like yep. that was the, my first year was the biggest year I had like FOMO. Cause I've went to school at Ottawa. I was from Ottawa. I had lived in the house with all my teammates and they were all still there and I'm watching them win games and it was a fun, but I missed that, but you know, so, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I grew a lot that first year. I probably grew my most, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's such a unique thing to like, talk a little bit about, you know, like, I don't know if you know who JD Jackson is. Yeah. 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 I played against so, him. He was coaching in France this year. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's our previous episode before you coming out this Friday. Um, nice. And talking about like, you know, he played for the same club for like seven years, which is like right. super rare, right? Like it's like, you know, you're looking at one, maybe two year contract and, and moving on. So, you know, junior Cadugan talking about having a struggle year and then trying to get back into it because everyone's just comparing it to that one year where maybe he didn't jive with the team and, and that challenge. So I find it so interesting and, and you throw in people's egos and like, oh, I'm not going to help you, you know, I'm not going to help baseline here because that's you getting buckets on and not me. Right. So, so yep. many different elements and what's France like, what was your last year? Like seemed like a, you know, if you look on your IG, there's a, you got a good highlight package, but it looks like great crowds and, and very supportive. And um, how did that year go this past year? This, this year was probably my, in terms of being like, on, like free and feeling like I played my game and, you know, just being in a city that was so supportive, like it was really special. I mm-hmm. think uh, it was, is Rowan's a smaller city, but it was very passionate about sports. And I felt like, you know, Friday night, like everyone was in the gym and felt like we were, you know, playing well against some really big teams and the gym was just electrifying. So like, it just, it, 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 you, once you get embodied by it, like you feel, you feel the love, you hit a shot, a layup, like the steal makes you play hard. So like, I really loved that experience and the, you know, the coach and the, the staff and the manager, like, let me play my game. So I definitely was very, really appreciative of it. And I mean, you, to be honest, like we were actually talking about maybe even going back and just did the logistics and everything just didn't work out. But like mm-hmm. that place holds like a very special place in my heart. And it, it was much needed because the year before I didn't have, it was a weird situation. I got to the team later and, you know, I didn't get to play my game and it was a little bit tougher. So I felt like, like you said, like one situation, you can get judged off a season and I was lucky enough not to at that time because maybe mm-hmm. I played four or five years before but it's so interesting to know that like you know it's all about the last the good thing you've done for them and that's what? how the business the business side of it right it's all yours I always say this but like like you're as good as your last jump shot like it's yeah. just what have you done for me lately exactly yeah, exactly yeah. yeah were you able to tap into your high school French experience at all or did you was it completely gone Honestly, I've actually played in France the last two and a half years. So yeah. my understanding has like gone up exponentially. And I felt like that was really helpful. That's huge, like having yeah. even when my girlfriend would come, like we'd be able to, you know, navigate in the store, grocery, like things like that were just like so nice. And being able to talk to people when you see them, it was really nice. And I, I could do the basics. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, like you talked about in terms of being a part of the culture, like me showing them that I'm trying or like sometimes they would ask yeah. me for an interview and they'd be like, Johnny, you know a little bit of French. Can I, yeah, I would go and I would say a couple of things in French and it would be broken, mm-hmm. like complete broke. Like they appreciated it and they would clap and like, they were just like, you know, they, they, they like seeing that you're trying and being a part of their culture as opposed to, you know, being 
if you have the ability to do it and then you just shut down and don't do it, like it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice for you to be a part of uh, their culture and their community. And I think they, they see it. They see that you're trying for sure. I'm sure they get a lot of characters, right. And I'm sure you've played with a few yourself, just sort of like come hoop and that's it. And don't, you know, so I, you know, to have some, sure. yeah. And you got a good energy about yourself too. Right. So I'm sure it's like, you know, they feed off that, which is, that's dope, man. So have you signed anywhere for next year? No, I haven't okay. yet. Okay. So I'm just trying to uh, see what's next, but just, just stay in the moment. I got to enjoy this, man. I got a 10 month season. I'm okay to just be grateful for it. I don't want to think about what's next yet. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And that, before we get into some fun questions, I was going to ask you, like, is your vision for yourself, like, keep going until I can go? Is there a, or is it just sort of like trying to enjoy every moment while you have it and see what comes next? What's your mental approach on that? Yeah, I think a bit of like staying in the moment. Like, I think you know, I still see myself very passionate and about the game and not like looking at it from like a business aspect. Like I just know I love it. I love to watch hoops. I love to be around it and having a good year or a bad year. I still see that. Like I I'm still love it the same and look at it the same I'm still driven. So I think mm-hmm. the drive and like the motivation and just like the health of course will be like the most important factors for me. And sure. as long as it makes sense, I would love to play, but I know like there's so much more the world also has to offer. So I just want to, you know, just get the most out of it. I don't want to always be salty. I want to enjoy what's in front of me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think too, like with the last couple of years we've all had as, as humans, like hope we can all just appreciate the day to day and the day in and day out. Right. Like just sort of two years of things being shut down, especially, you know, Ontario was in a bad place in a bad way for a lot of time. Like you had a lot of lockdowns there and sort of hopefully that has taught us to just be appreciative of everything that comes to us as it does. Right. And not try to fast forward to the next thing. I think as society has created this thing for us where we always want the next thing. Where's the new iPhone? How do I get the new next thing? Man, life is so simple and we, we need to it's slow down a little bit. 100% man. That's probably one of the biggest takeaways like I've taken. And I just know that like, like you said, it's always easy to want something. It's always easy to want the next thing instead of just being like, wow, like at one point I wanted this. And like, I think, you know, at one point I was striving to get here and then you get here and it's like, what's next? It's like, it's okay to just be happy about it. And then, you know, get to that point when you have to get to that point about what's next. But Definitely, like you said, appreciating appreciating what's in front of you is important. All right, you ready? Way to preach, man. Way to preach. Way to preach. Sheesh, taking them to church on a Wednesday. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you went to Pearson, and I'm a, at a Catholic school. You know, come on. Yeah. You've heard yeah. enough sermons in our life. If you could go back to one game, good, bad, in between, to bring back a moment, to change a moment for whatever reason, what game would it be and why? Uh, I'd probably say my fourth year when we won the OUA finals. Like that was just felt like a, like just like a, okay, like we made it. We won a game, like won a big game in a big time and to just hold the cup. Like that was my only champion, like big championship. I won probably in my career, to be honest, like that was the last time I've won one. So I think that was really important. And just like the guys, the locker room, it's, it wasn't a business win. It wasn't overseas. It was with guys that I went to school with for four years at time. Some of them, you know, like it was just, it was, that was a special one. That was a special one. Yeah. I think what people have to realize too, is like, and not to, not all Carlton this, but like your conference is you like for whatever, 10 or 11 of the last 13 years. Yeah. Like, that's been the national champ in your conference. So like to get and win yep. that is huge. Like that banner is a big banner. That's a big banner in yep. your gym hanging there. Yeah. Yeah. For, no, sure. for sure. Absolutely. Cool. How do you feel about ketchup on macaroni? Serious question here. I'm, I'm, I, I like it. I'm, I'm a Heinz ketchup kind of guy. I, I like some, some ketchup on my macaroni, but your eyes are popping right now. So I can see you're not. It's okay. Still love it. Okay. Listen, please tell me you didn't like roll up in some nice French restaurant, order some pasta or whatever, and then like you know ask where the ketchup was. Sorry, no, no. The way you said that, the way you asked me that question, I thought you were talking about like when you asked me macaroni. I'm thinking like KD macaroni and cheese. Fair. You won't see me put ketchup on any pasta, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing that. Sorry, we should have been. No, it's okay. That's on you, man. That's that's on you and your question, man. That's on you. That's on you. That's on you. (laughs) Fire the host. (laughs) No, fair. But you're still doing it though, hey. Like if you if you do have a dark day and have some KD, you're throwing ketchup on it. Yeah, you might see me a little drizzle on some ketchup. We can move on from that. That's fine. (laughs) Um, If you had a choice, is it movie or books? Movie. 
Okay, give me a couple of top movies for you all time here. What? Oof, that's a good question. Or is there something that you watched recently enjoyed, or is it, yeah, what do you got? Some of my classics, I mean, hmm, I know I'm going to miss some good ones. Uh, the Departed is one of the best movies I've seen. Loaded roster, loaded roster. <laughs> Law Abiding Citizen, um, Catch Me If You Can. Like Leo, he's good. Um, anything Denzel touches, like there we go. I'm a big like Inside Man is like one of my best favorite movies of all time. Okay, okay. Uh, I could yeah, I could keep going, but those are some of the some of the ones that are that are just coming to the top of my head. But anything Denzel or Will Smith touch, like I'm probably watched or I'm going to watch. See, Enemy of the State. Yep, that's great a good movie one too. Yeah, that's a really great good movie, movie. Great movie, yeah, yeah. especially with the times going on right now. It's interesting, like yeah, the way right? technology works. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy was my roommate when we were at Langara together, and our tradition was Sundays. We always went like to a movie. He's a big movie guy. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Likes to think he knows more than he does. But anyways, um, <laughs> you already knew that. Um, <laughs> all right, you got you've got the best seat in the house, uh, dead or alive, doesn't matter. You and your girl or someone important to you, what concert are you going to? I'm a big, I miss a drink. I'm a drink guy. Uh, I'm an early Kanye West guy. Thank Okay. You're, you're happy with that one? I could see you weren't a fan of the first one. It's okay. I, early, early. I think you would call early, me an old head if, you know, an old head. Early yeah, Kanye fair, is fair, like, fair. early Kanye is like top five, you know, like yeah, for, you see him live. I never got a chance to see Kanye. Like my first, but his first three albums for me are like probably my three favorite albums of like all time, to be honest with you. So I really? think, yeah, like I, I maybe I'm biased, but I'm grouping nope. them all together. But like that was a, that was a good, maybe it was just a good time in my life. But I, I could still like play those right now and just like get hype off those. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't think I could separate one from the other either. Like they're all just yeah, so it's good all mashed in their, in their own way, over. right? Like their own different way. Like, did you watch the docu on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, no, I think they did a good job. He's an interesting, yeah. an interesting character. He's yeah. done a lot and been through a lot. So Kanye or Drake? Okay. Nobody Who are you picking, man? I got to know. Who are you picking? Outcast. Outcast? Nice, nice, nice. Although uh, Chris Joseph and Javon, they said, how can you not go to a Michael Jackson concert? I was like, you know? Classic. Right? That's high level. That's right? High, that's, that's... But the best part is their reasoning. It's because they're like, Name another person out there who just make people pass out when they see them, right? Like, I, he, he, like, they're like they're like, I just need to go to the concert to watch someone pass out watching Michael like dance, you know? Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> that's a that's an unbelievable presence to have, man. It's an unbelievable yeah. presence. I mean, I did get to see Outcast, but I don't know. There's, there's so many out there, but I, I respect the Kanye selection. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Who are some of the the best players you played against, or a couple top players that stood out to you where you're like? Damn, we had the scout today, but uh, <laughs> didn't go so well. Can be any any tier or level that 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 comes to your mind. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, I think Warren Ward is one of the best players I played with. I think he's like an NBA player in my opinion. Okay, um, say more. Uh, Bo McCallum is one of the best players I played with. Uh, like overseas legend, played at like a really high level. <sighs> um. Man, you're making me draw blanks right now. But I mean, we've played against some good players. I mean, Walter Tavar- Tavares, he played in the NBA. He's like a seven foot beast. Like some of those guys I've played against on like Madrid and Barcelona, playing against some of those guys like with surreal. Like there's some there's some high level talent overseas that aren't in the NBA. That's for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Who have been some of the most important people in your life up to this point? I mean, I think I could say my family easily, just because like the support system and stuff has been. I remember them driving me to karate, to soccer, to tournament. Like, you know, like that just, even when I didn't know what I was getting myself into, I think that support was big. Uh, I'd probably say like, you know, my girlfriend the last, since we've been together, she's been really important for me. Just, she's in the back room. So I got no. (laughs) (laughs) She may not listen to this episode, but she's listening now. (laughs) she's, She's been a big rock and being able to like, you know, overseas life is different right so you know for her to manage her life and be able to do this too has been special um i mean obviously if my family law listens but like my dad my brother my mom my sisters like everyone's played their part and i'm super grateful for it um i was just shooting today and like my older brother was with me rebounding like it's just you know you appreciate those things right so i probably say those some of those guys so those two and then you know a lot of mentors gary gallimore 
uh, one of the best players I've played with too. Like just there's lots of guys in the community that have uh, helped me a lot to get to this point. Awesome, man. Good reflection. It's off season for you now. So, you know, I mean, the, the diet's still got to stay tight, but you do have an undisciplined day. You're on your way home. What bag of chips are you grabbing? It's, Probably, uh, it's okay if like, you have a few. Yeah, I'm like a, I like all dressed. I'm a ruffled dress, like a Doritos, Cool Ranch. Those are probably my top two, I'd say. Those are probably my top two. Well played. Very well played. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, two more questions, man. This has been a, a great episode. Appreciate your energy and like, I think just some great storylines here. One question we like to ask people and put a little bit of pressure on them is, as we continue to try and grow the podcast and... You know, we, we, we want to do bigger and better things. So spread the word and let the people know who's someone out there that you're connected with that you think would have like a cool story that would be willing to come on. But you also super impressed that you still hold on to your Hotmail account. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a last name like yours, you could create any sort of AOL Gmail would be not issue, but you stuck no, true to no the Hotmail and I respect it. that. <laughs> 100. <laughs> appreciate that. Who appreciate should, that. Who should we get on a hoops journey? Who do you think we should get on a hoops journey? Um, so, I mean, I've listened to some. I haven't got a chance to listen to all 92, but I know it's going to be 5,000 before I know it. So, Let's I'd probably go. say, have you had Warren on? No. I think Warren would be a good one. I, I don't know. I, I think like Warren, I think Barry Gallimore would be a good one. You know, someone that he was one of the first players, I think they gave him the defensive player of the year award. So, I mean, one of the best defenders I played against and he's helped me a lot of my career. So I think those would be two good guys. If uh, that, that could be nice to have on your, you know, your podcast. Dope, man. Okay. Pressure's on you now. <laughs> I got to connect. I'll connect. I'll make it happen. <laughs> um, we're super grateful for you being here. Last question. If you could do it all again, obviously knowing that you still got there's lots of hoops life. Your hoops journey is still going, but up to this point, if you could do it all again, you would what? Like, what would I change? I don't know. If you could do it all again, you would what? If I could some, do it all again. Some people say I wouldn't change a thing. Some people say, yeah, you know, like, I don't yet. know what I would change. I, I think it'd be nice to relive probably winning that OUA feeling again with just the guys. Like the, the, the one thing I miss the most probably, and if there's any young guys listening is just that camaraderie and that chemistry of like, the locker room and just the jokes and what I had in those five years at Ottawa. Like I'll, I'll never, like I'm still very close with guys I've met overseas, but there's, you can't fit five years into 10 months. It's just, you, you can't compare some of that. So some of those brother, that brotherhood I have with some of those guys, just that bond, like I some of those jokes in that locker room. If I could relive some of that, that would be funny. But other than that, I mean, I'm just, I'm super grateful for this journey and uh, just super grateful to even be on this podcast, man. I appreciate you having me on here. It's been, uh, it's been fun to talk about some of this stuff. Of course, man. It really is funny, right? You look back and it's like, it does just come down to the relationships. You know what I mean? And all those moments. So like the dubs are great. The tough L's hurt. The training's fun. But like the stories that you would try to explain to someone and they'd have no idea, but there's like 12 dudes that would be dying. Yeah, right? Yeah. And all live that, like, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? And that's why things like this podcast are super fun. We go back down memory lane and think about those journeys and times and, and what they meant to us, right? 100% man 100% I think uh, what you guys have in your platform just giving people the ability to talk about it and you guys coming ready with all these questions and quizzing us and stuff it's been awesome man we appreciate that and uh, for me personally I'm, I'm super grateful to be on here so thank you very much our pleasure man um, I think you have a great story and I think it's one of not necessarily like super super adversity but just to continue to believe in yourself and believe in who we are and 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 fight and and push right and and never settle for less you may you may have pushed yourself and not got to where you got but you could still look at yourself in the mirror to this day and know that you've given everything you can right and i, and I think there's a lot to be said for that so on behalf of a hoops journey corbin myself thanks for being with us continued success health you know enjoy your time off um and i know you'll land somewhere well next year and we'll be watching and uh and all the best my man any last reflections before we let you go uh, no, just wishing you guys the best, wishing you guys a good summer on your ends. And, uh, you know, just like I said, like, you know, the basketball community and just the community in general in Canada, we appreciate people that do selfless things like this and reach out to players and people and let them tell their story. So I do appreciate that. And thank you guys. Of course, man. What's my last name, man? What's my last name? Oh, you did it to me, man. <laughs> uh, thank you to our sponsors, Parkside Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Meskel. Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. Oh man, my heart started. I was like, I was, I was like a one of the many tests I took in high school and college that I was not prepared for. <laughs>
You did. You flipped it on me, man. You said you were going to. You, wow. Yo, Corbin, yeah. hit the outro music, man. We can do that in this episode. <laughs> My heart's racing. No. <laughs> a pleasure, man. As we tell all the people Absolutely. from not from BC, if you make it out west, hit me up. You know where to find us. I got a ice cold beer in a patio waiting for you or a gym if you need to get some J's up. And uh, much love and continued success to you and your family, man. Appreciate that, man. Likewise, see you All in right, Ottawa well. soon, man. You got it. Take care. Shout out to Parkside Peace. Brewery and Good Lad Clothing. Amazing episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for supporting A Hoop's Journey. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can find us on social media at A Hoop's Journey and on our website, ahoopsjourney.com. Thank you to our guest, Johnny Berhanemiskel. Thank you to our sponsors, Good Lad Clothing and Parkside Brewery. And we will see you on the next episode.